Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Benelli. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Phil Benelli. I made it. What do I do now? Welcome to the show. I'm here with uh, a great friend, Mr. Tony Herdner. He is a community leader, uh, my good pal, as I mentioned, and the retired CFO of Northeast Georgia Health System. Tony, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Phil. It's, it's uh, an honor to be here and uh, agree it's been fun to get to know you over the years. So thank you for the opportunity. Yes, yes. Now we might as well get to know each other even better on the radio. There you go. Why not? Why not? Uh, well, Tony, you have retired Correct. from, you know, a, a pretty darn substantial corporate career. Um, and you, from all that I can tell, are thriving. And uh, there are lots to learn. I, You know, we, our audience is all sorts of people, but, you know, specifically the shows for business owners, business leaders, and folks, as they're in the grind, many times, you know, they might be looking forward to something that happens next. Maybe they sell the business Mm -hmm. or, you know, retire. And I personally, in my banking practice, I have seen how the things it takes to build a very successful career that puts you in a position where you can have a nice retirement, the things that it takes to get there are often the very same things that make it difficult to have a good retirement because you've put so much into your work so much into this project or mission that when that goes away, you think, oh, now I don't have the stress, but what are you going to do now? Oh, excellent. No, I couldn't agree with you more, Phil. And and yes, I am blessed. I think the opportunity to come to Gainesville in 95 was Mm. uh, probably the most miraculous blessing we've received to be able to raise our kids here, Mm. the community, and maybe to paraphrase Linda Nicholson, uh, the vice president of finance, when I was interviewing, I said, well, what's the best thing about Gainesville? She said, you wouldn't believe it. It's like a Norman Rockwell picture. You know, uh-huh. people wave, they open doors, they, you know, really support it. And I said, God, that's that's good to hear. I said, well, you know, my next question, what's the worst thing about Gainesville? Well, you wouldn't believe it. It's kind of like a Norman Rockwell picture. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, you know, is close, so everybody knows everybody and everything that goes on. Obviously, the positive side is that far outweigh, but in terms of raising a family, fantastic. The mm. mentorship, the examples, the, the, the possibilities and opportunities to uh, move up here from Roswell. Our kids would have been in a 4,000-plus high school. Whereas come here, North Hall, the teachers, coaches, community leaders, uh, fantastic place to raise kids and, you know, launch them on their their careers, which is, I believe, forever grateful mm-hmm. to Northeast Georgia and particularly Gainesville. Well, and I love that now that you are not in that corporate environment, you're working on a, a great number of things which continue to perpetuate that. No, absolutely. In fact, uh, we had the Rotary Club had its 100th um, centennial last year, and they did wow. some interviews across uh, those that wanted to, past presidents, et cetera. And as just like this interview, you, you kind of reflect, well, what am I going to say? But the unique thing about Gainesville is all these civic clubs, Kiwanis, Rotary, JCs. You can probably name some that I'm not involved in, but a history teacher once told me that the study of history and those things are like the mortar 
mm. along the bricks in a wall. They tie us together. They give the foundation to those that are going to be on the layers in the future. And, it, and it's very powerful. And the challenge we have as a community is we see all the bulldozers and sky cranes is how do we maintain that character. Mm-hmm. You know, when we built the hospital in the Brazelton, you know, kind of the, the joke was pe- people don't move to Hall County, they back into Hall County. You know, <laughs> they're always looking south to you know, Atlanta <laughs> Airport or Atlanta itself. And so how do we bring the new folks to a level of understanding, appreciation, that culture, that Norman Rockwell picture, the, the good parts of it, uh, is really a challenge for us as we grow, which is inevitable. Uh, and the chamber's a great vehicle for getting that framework for people to approach things, whether it's roads or schools, um, green space, which I'm involved mm-hmm. in. It's it's just a great community because people like yourself, you're a poster child for that. You get involved, mm. and, and that's that's the key. Put yourself out there. It so is. I I you know wasn't born here, and I have felt so embraced by the community, and I I really do think it's just. Because I got involved. If yes. you want to go and uh, do things, the things in, in our world, there's so much that people want to focus on differences and they're obsessed with differences to divide. And I think the best way to appreciate diversity is to focus on what do we have in common? Thank What's you. our rallying points? Hey, let's all work to make this community better. Let's all go and do green space or do something. We're, we have a shared mission. Right. And that's how we appreciate the differences, because we all bring different backgrounds and strengths to that. Yeah, uh, my son's in the Marine Corps, and uh, just I wish I'd he'd been in the Marine Corps 20 years, because I would have learned a lot more about leadership. He said mm. diversity is a force multiplier. Mm. In the terms of a, a military context, that's, you know, if you're going to go to war, have lots of tools, you know, airplanes, helicopters, ships, tanks, etc. But equally important, as you just articulated, having a diverse group around the table to make sure all the voices are heard and that a common vision is developed that we buy into, I think that uh, is critical to success of any organization, any community. Uh, and, and Gainesville has been very open to that kind of dialogue. You know, d- differences make us stronger, but your point, you gotta get yourself out there, you gotta listen two ears versus one mouth you're supposed to listen twice as much right uh and i think and gainesville's leadership has been that way they <laughs> they've been uh, very engaged i love that so tell me when did you retire what was that big date tony uh, 2018 it's been since 2018 yep and, and how did that what was that initial adjustment like what was the first week uh, month it, it uh, you know, this we're going to talk about a book, but I, it, it, any transition back to the, how you open the uh, interview, all the things that you know make you successful in your business, you know, position in a large organization, uh, you know, they've got to be definitely transformed or recalibrated. And basically, your world changes because, you know, and, I, and some self-reflection on this, you know, when I, I go, hey, Phil, let's go out to lunch, and you're you're busy with the bank, you know, you don't have the time to go to lunch, and we do go to lunch. I can tell your foot's one door out, you know, in a client call you have to make. And so it wears, you know, as I think John Ferguson framed it very well when he retired, he says, Tony, I don't miss the stress, but I sure miss the people. Mm. Back to our talking about people. Healthcare is a huge people organization, Mm -hmm. hundreds, thousands of people. 
And uh, that was a real plus of, of that career, being around people. And, you know, you need to have a certain compassion and, and a ministry standpoint of wanting to support the values and, and what the purpose of the organization is. And I've been blessed to be in healthcare for for 40 plus years. But back to your point, you know, it was, uh, uh, in fact, John Ferguson's doctor, Jim Jackson, you know, he shared, you know, John, what are you going to do uh, when you retire? And he goes, well, I'm going to play golf, do this. And, and, and Jim said, no, what are you going to do Monday at eight o'clock? You know, because you have thousands of hours to fill up. And that is a huge transition for anyone that, uh, you know, especially if you've been in a large organization, used to being around lots of people. The truck keeps rolling. Yep. And you just got off the bus. And, and the, I, I use the analogy of like played a lot of sports in my life, football. It's like being on the injured reserve list. You got hurt. You can see the field from the training room, but you're not involved anymore. And you, you know all that's going on, but you're not involved anymore. They can't even talk to you because they're focused on the next game. Right. And uh, so you need to have a lot of self-reflection, self-awareness. You know, and, and I would encourage folks to be thinking of that years. I was going to say that years years and years ahead to be getting ready and what are the things you're you're putting into life. Um, so when we get back, let's let's talk about this book which has been a great tool. Uh, we're going to dive into From Strength to Strength after this break on North Georgia Business Radio X. Make your mission to have a solid transition. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I am your host, Phil Benelli, here with my good friend, Mr. Tony Herdner. Tony, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Tony, it's a great pal, um, uh, retired corporate dynamo and uh, community uh, leader and volunteer. And we were talking about, before the break, having a smooth transition and before you retire or really go from any, to any big transition kind of have a plan for that and and tony i've heard so much of this book from you from strength to strength tell us a little bit about this and how it's impacted you well fantastic uh again retired in 18 and uh you know going from that type of environment uh was a challenge and it was uh you know i had some very close friends and, and i built an airplane during that time with i helped a couple other guys build airplane be better characteristic mm. and so that was again that keeping busy attribute but my niece who lives out in washington state uh you know we talk a lot and she's a very very solid person she said hey uncle tony you should consider this book and so i very value much her insight and the book is called from strength to strength i think it's a couple year old 22 uh 21 copyright and the subtitle is Finding Success, Happiness, and Deep Purpose in the Second Half of Life. And that just jumped at me, grabbed me like a like a claw. And in reading it, uh, it talks, first of all, you better have pretty good self-awareness of mm. who you are. And as Andy Stanley says, you know, who you are really. You know, what are the things that you, you know, are driven by, you know, and you mentioned them at the beginning, the things and the attributes are, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, but the things that uh, got you to where you are may not be the what helps you in the second half. book goes into some things about as you grow and, you know, from 
college into the, your career, you have a fluid, dynamic knowledge. You solve problems. You are making things happen. But it also talks about the pathology and the reality that we all decline. Mm-hmm. And the book points out that we probably decline faster than we give 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 that credence to. But it also states as we grow and age, we've had that thing called experience. And we've all seen it when we talk to older folks or parents. That experience turns into wisdom. And, and, you know, it's inevitable that we've all been where someone's given us some advice and we've not followed it. And dang, if that person wasn't spot on because they saw the freight train coming down the track way ahead of you did. So it's, it's talks about how you need to recognize that and to basically jump from that one knowledge curve to what they call crystallized knowledge or the sage professor in college that's been through three or four or five economic cycles and can share, this is the data, but this is what the data is telling you. Mm. You know, in one of the, the guy uses lots of metaphors and stories. He said, you know, if you have a kid heading off to college, encourage them to find the oldest professors for that particular class, not the TA, because they, they know one chapter ahead of you. Find someone that's going to be able to really in, give the, the insight of what that happened. But it goes through... You know, that you need to have very solid self-awareness, you know, and, and the things that might have made you successful, you need to, you know, be vulnerable. Mm. And, and one of the items that, and again, I attribute actually you, Phil, as, as one of my Aspens. There's a chapter so, you know, called Aspen Grove, and he uses, he's out in Colorado, and the beautiful tree uses that as a metaphor of that's a strong tree. You've been strong in all your career, but uh, Aspen is one of the largest organisms mm-hmm. in the because their roots are connected. Mm-hmm. And so the, the context, same with the redwoods in Northern California, that it's only through being connected that you're going to, you know, be successful in, in this coping, sharing, et cetera, goes in the difference between men and women. But uh, the main thing is you need to, you know, cultivate your aspen grove of, and they'll be different. I mean, you and I knew each other when I was at the hospital, but it was sporadic, incidental, now I go out and, you know, you know, move wood chips on your farm. Yeah. We meet together in a couple other groups. We have this opportunity to share. Uh, it's a different group, and, and that's good because it's, it's a different focus. Uh, talks about, you know, spirituality, that, you know, when you're in the crunch and con- conflicted between work and family, it's like, you know, what is a bigger purpose i mean talks about christianity but you know he goes to india and talks about you know really high spirits and finally it talks about makes you know understand that life is full of struggles in fact andy stanley i I go he said oh life's not fair and i always love his characterization i said no 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 you know if i got a color tv that'd be fine for me it might not be fine for you life's uneven Mm. it's uneven and there's going to be high points of your life and uneven points of your life. It's similar, you know, this work-life balance construct, you know, the one author shared that if we had a work-life balance, we'd all be mediocre because, you know, and I've seen very successful people have the ability to 110, 120% at work, but they play and they separate from work 120%, counterbalance. Counterbalance. So, so those are the things that you need to be self-aware, and I encourage folks to do that 10 years before they think you know there's pragmatic things you better you know make sure your finances are square and your family we're, we're just kind of talking very 
self-centered here of like what's going on in your world Mm -hmm. and how are you going to transition and start plowing the field Mm. preparing preparing the uh, that day uh, because there was some very good coaching that was the most simple I mean you know get you know even the book the one of the ceos in the books you know was telling the author says yeah i got six months ago i was was who's who and now i'm who's he ah. <laughs> and uh it's you know at one hand you kind of go god that's kind of harsh but it's reality right the business is going to keep moving whether you're there or not it's going to keep meeting the needs of the customers the community or whatever it's objective and you just happen to have the the blessing to be along for the ride and hopefully contribute to its success, your personal growth, provide for your family and friends. And so you, as long as you keep that context, you'll be better off moving into, into uh, adjustment because it is an adjustment. There are three words which really stood out to me, Tony. One of them you said directly. Two I read between the lines. Those words would be vulnerable, flexible, and then uh, refl- that you reflect. When, when you talk about the self-awareness, to me, a lot of that sounds like it hinges on being able to reflect. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're going to have this, if you're going to be able to crystallize your experience in the second half of your life or the fourth quarter <laughs> to utilize all that you gained, it seems to me like it's imperative that as you're in the grind, right. like me, I'm 39, Right. I better be um, reflecting and probably yes. journaling. Yes, Oh, I gotta uh, capture that. Yes, uh, you know, journaling. I, you know, I'll oh, poo-poo that stuff. You know, I, I didn't journal, but you know, in a, in a court, in our, in any business setting, you set goals, you reflect on those goals, kind of in an organized sense. Well, you should have a, a personal section, kind of like we do with Robert. Like, what are your, mm-hmm. what are your personal goals, and and you know, understand really. You know, are you being honest with yourself really, and then seek out mentors. I mean, that's how you and I met. You sought me out, and I really applaud that because yeah. I encourage that for young people. I remember someone said, you know, don't ask for the person's autograph. Ask for 30 minutes. Ah, uh, you know, the it, it impressed me so much. There was a great book, uh, Pass the Chicken, Please, and it was the story of Jesse Jewell. Pass the Chicken, Please, Life and Times of Jesse Jewell. I forget the author, but it talked about Jesse Jewell, you know, really the guy who invented the industrial poultry model and um and he he, the the jd jewel company he sold all or a portion of it and but he still worked there but he was older and he was not the driving force behind it but and and it kind of sounded like in his later years he kind of was just coming into the office but he wasn't an important piece of the machine and there were a couple individuals who what most of the people kind of ignored him and they're like ah this guy i don't have time for this i'm busy and there was a couple individuals who really they were like i'm gonna take him to lunch there were these newbies and um uh jan cooley was one and then barry connor who owns america's home place were another and they said wow i want to pick this guy's brain i'm taking him to lunch i'm gonna learn from uh from him and i don't know any of the other people who helped run jd jewel company at the time but those guys have crushed it um we're gonna pick back up after this break on how to soak in that wisdom on north georgia business radio x
As the great British philosopher Mick Jagger once said, <laughs> you don't always find what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find you find what you need. I think I butchered that, but <laughs> whatever. But uh, anyway, talking about uh, finding what you need, um, before the break here on North Georgia Business Radio X, Tony, we were talking about mentoring and having a mentor and just this thought of, you know, as somebody, you're out there working hard, you're you're chasing success, you're doing these things, and then as you transition, as you get out of that high energy spinning the wheel mode, you have this great opportunity to crystallize the experiences you have um, had, put those into you know some accumulated wisdom that that can be shared. So. If I'm somebody out there and I'm thinking I need to tap into some of that wisdom, um, and I, you know, maybe there's somebody I admire, I would love to get some mentoring from. As somebody in that position, how would you, you know, what are some tips you have for some younger person to approach you? Excellent, excellent. And uh, first off, you need to appreciate that folks in those roles or wisdom or retired, etc. You know, want to have that opportunity. They want mm. they want to give back. They want to share. Uh, I started out as a teacher, coach football, and was a teacher for a couple of years. Very much enjoyed it. Unfortunately, didn't pay the bills. <laughs> uh, so that kind of re- had a little you know course correction there. Uh, but you know, the my first thing is do your homework. Mm. What what is it that you want to learn about, and is that the you know right person to talk to? Do your homework on the person, the industry, et cetera, so that that person, you know, one, helps on the introduction, but it also, when you get in the conversation, you know, the the the, the mentor is going to say, okay, this person is serious. They've, they've, they've done their homework. I mean, this applies even for interviews, for that matter. Uh, and then there's usually that person knows someone that you know better than that person. Mm. So kind of leverage network you know the the whole networking concept if uh hey phil knows so and so hey do you can you make an introduction can you share this or how you know just again work it as they call it I, you you don't, you don't know what that word means but when they say have you worked it i mean i've had that many times in my career my boss has said have you worked it and that means have you done your homework right cross organization cross areas you know like a lawyer they never ask a question that they don't know the answer mm. uh coming from that witness and, and so do the whole and then just in some respects just as, as the opportunity presents a a, a note a handwritten mm. note is even mm-hmm. better don't send an email because they probably won't read it they'll probably delete <laughs> it but i think the personal uh connection from someone that that person knows and 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 again just saying sincerely that i just would like to better understand that industry i'm looking for my path uh be sincere uh i think you'll be surprised people will want to help out cups of coffee are great starbucks paneras etc those are great spots to you know share some time and i have the pleasure from either board members doctors have called because they're trying to understand the business side of healthcare. um uh, and then you know, young folks in your age group i'm just thrilled to have the opportunity to share with them so mm. so i i don't think the other thing, you need to be vulnerable. You need to take a risk. You need, to, you know, so do your homework. So you ask. You only have one opportunity to make a first impression. So make sure, you know, you've done a little bit of homework and with sincerity, saying, "This is why I'd like to chat with you. Can I buy you a cup of coffee?" One thing that stood out of what you just said that I loved is that 
when you're reaching out to this person and you want to learn about something, they very well may know an even better person for you to speak with. Yep. And that is how everything is. Oh, absolutely. And we get so bogged down and, oh, well, I've got to find just the perfect person or I've got to... You just have to get started. Well, and equally, it applies in your current role that if a problem presents itself, am I capable of understanding all the whereabouts mm. of this problem? Do I need to bring someone else to the table to accept that you don't know everything? What Will Rogers said, I don't know everything, but I know how to read a newspaper or whatever. <laughs> you know, I can find out. Well, on that, let's chat about another word that you shared, which you directly said was vulnerable. And that is key for both somebody looking for wisdom mm -hmm. and somebody who's had that transition to share. Because it takes vulnerable. you got to be vulnerable to be willing to share. Right. Absolutely. And it's tough to do. It is very tough to do. Um, and that's why, you know, when we were at the hospital, we did a lot of team building. And, and the core of all that is trust. Mm. Trust is, is incredible. It takes years and years and years to create that uh, bank of trust you know we all know it only takes seconds to lose so that is so sacred in terms of uh, your relationships with your teammates and your family and your friends um, but you know I had one boss saying you know you know the turtle only makes progress if he sticks his neck out uh, <laughs> you know being vulnerable with your homework and in the right context uh, I've had opportunities in my career where I definitely didn't know what I needed to know or what we needed to know and said I need to bring you know people and the beauty of that is those folks you know see the, the the situation and they check their name tags at the door they check their titles at the door they check their wisdom or their age or whatever and they just say what's the problem and how can i help uh but you have to put it out there and there's degrees we all know there's degrees of things if you don't just whammo you know th th throw out your you t build that trust and, and then and folks will reciprocate and you'll know real quick if they're not. And you have to be, you, you mentioned, you, you've got to put yourself out there. Right. And you can't, um, you can't just expect that other people are going to immediately do that and get disheartened if they don't. You put yourself out there, yeah. that's required for them to be yeah. able to do that. And then whether they do that or not is on them. Right. But yeah. you've got to do it. You've yeah. got to trust. You've got to trust. Uh, and that's critical to any any success is be humble mm. you have to be you know, you know there's a book out humility is the next whatever new but it but it's true as i reflect you gotta you know discount yourself you know, make sure you are putting other people first you know again marine corps my son was in the marine corps that you know the officers eat, eat last it's all about the men the marines it. uh and that's you know that the attribute applies to the work setting you're not getting the work done. Other people are getting it done. Right. And it is a, it's a tough balance sometimes of, all right, let's say I, I have this, I'm this person who has this experience and things to share. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking oh. of yourself less. And Bingo. so I think it's so important for us to make our greatest contribution to be fully aware. I, I try to take a look at what am I really good at? What is the value I add? And I, it's not a, a, a cocky attitude. It's like, hey, what are these? Everything I have is a gift from God, right, whether it's right. talents or experience. Right. I've been put in this place. I need to be cognizant of what is it that I have so that I can, with humility, make my contribution with that. And as part of that also, there's a lot of things I'm lacking. Right. So I want to really appreciate I'm an outgoing person. 
Right. I love to go connect. (laughs) And there are people who are not that way at all. And I don't look down on, how come you're not more like me? Because often they have some great strengths I am lacking in. So how can we partner? How can we come together to, you know, God made all these beautiful yep. pieces and how can we put them together? But um, you got to know your strengths you so know you can share them with humility. And then, you know, message for parents out there and you know, maybe some of the listeners can relate. You know, I'm a big advocate of sports, particularly I was talking to my, my nephew and we talked about football as an as a incubator, a metaphor for life. Mm. You get 50, 60 different people, different positions, different schemes, common goals, coaches, authority, you know, people in the stands. That, and you, you turn out for football and you, and you work, you know, and then you go through a football season. You've learned a heck of a lot about teamwork, people, right. personalities, et cetera. And, and it carries over into the workplace. Oh, like it does. Work, working as a team, understanding and, you know. Very humiliating if you miss a block or miss a tackle or miss an interception or miss a, you know, and that those are tiny little lessons that prepare you for life's lessons of, you know, get off off the ground. It's not not what happens to you. It's how you react to what happens to you. Uh, and we have to, those those lessons are possible within that shared mission. On the football mm-hmm. field, our yep. shared mission overall is to win games, but then in the, in the, in the minutiae, to move the ball forward, to stop the offense of the other team from moving forward, etc. We're going to, we're going to dive back into this on what will sadly be our last section here Uh-oh. on North Georgia Business Radio X. Listen to the critics, ignore the cynics. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Tony Herdner. Um, Tony, there's so much I want our audience to hear from you. Um, but but one thing that I, I wanted to, to hit on in the time we have is something we were speaking about in, in between the break, is that you've got to listen to your critics, which we often don't want to do, but ignore the cynics. And sometimes it's hard to know the difference. Amen. Uh, we did a lot of team building at, at, as our team, a large team. And uh, hospital is a very complex organization, a lot of stakeholders, mm. you know, from the community, patients, insurance companies, doctors, uh, staff, you know, co- you know, peers, et cetera. And, uh, but one of the things we need to do is we need to have that culture of what's our mission, what's our values, and and I just remember one one session that we had was about that very point. You know, the critics, you know, critique the Blue Angels. After every you know show, they get in a room and they critique each other. And, you know, you're you're you know too far away from my wingtip. You need to bring it in closer. Mm-hmm. Every show, they're the best mm-hmm. pilots in the world, etc. Uh, because they want to be better. They want to be the best. They want to to meet their. But we've all been in organizations or situations where cynics, you know, they just want to tear you down mm-hmm. or their complaints are, you know, unachievable. Like I always remember one example was, well, the parking's too far away. You know, well, well it's kind of hard to move the parking deck closer <laughs> to, the, to the, you know, and you'll know it's kind of like it's hard to describe, but you'll know it when you hear it. Uh, and part of your growth is to turn off the noise and turn off mm. turn off the the flack. I mean, you see it with uh, 
you know, back to my sports uh, context, you know, with the, the quarterback that throws an incomplete pass or he, I heard one one coach said, you know, you've got to learn to turn the page. As soon as something happens, turn the page because there's another play coming. Turning off the noise of your cynics is, is critical to, you know, moving forward because it'll eat at you. It'll take away your time. However, mm-hmm. the critics embrace even though it's hurt, that's that vulnerability, that's just humility. Mm. Uh, and I still, how you remember certain things, we were talking about Apollo 13, and to, to re- reinforce this point, they said, you know, Apollo 13, turn left two degrees. That's feedback. Right. Turn left two degrees, otherwise you're gonna miss the moon. You know, <laughs> I'm doing this for your own good, for our good of the mission. We gotta, you know, did you know, that astronaut get all warped? What do you mean I'm off degree, two degrees? I'm, I'm spot, you know, be with a servant's heart, a welcoming heart that, hey, this person's trying to help me. And, you know, they truly are, coaches. I remember, I still remember all the way back to junior high, the boy that's not criticized is the one that should worry mm. because we don't care if we don't say something. Oh, and you got to assume positive intent. Yeah. yeah. I had a uh, coach, a, a manager in business, and um, he wasn't the best at providing feedback. He kind of let things build up until he was quite angry. Mm-hmm. And then so he, he came down hard. And so you did not look forward to conversations with him. But I recognized that the feedback he provided to me was very valid. Right. And coachable be coachable yeah my job was to listen to what he had to say and grow from it bingo but regardless of his particular skill in delivering it right no you know just like i watch football on the weekends as many many of us do and uh they were talking about bill belichick he only has one side in the patriots locker room it says do your job mm. you know you got 12 guys or 11 guys on the field every you know do your job and everything you know don't worry about the quarterback if you're tight end or if you're do your job and that carries over to life mm. don't get distracted which gets to i think we were talked in the interim about what's a piece of advice for anyone in, in the in the workplace and the, I had someone come and ask at me at a party one time and as i reflected i is make sure you and your boss or the organization but most likely the boss are on the same page mm. every time you have a pending we call them at the hospital you have where am i working on what are my priorities what are my progress because the last thing you want is at the end of the year saying look at all the stuff i did or the activities i took part in and you find out you're two degrees off and by the time you got to the moon you're way off uh, uh, that is so critical because that's the boss's job as well is to make sure everybody's moving in the right direction well the not only do i as somebody who has a boss need to make sure i'm on the same page with them because they can see things i can't see they probably have experience i don't have so and they're they're charting the mission so i need to make sure i'm listening to them but also as the boss the boots on the ground they see things i don't see right oh absolutely if i as a boot on the ground i'm not communicating up they're missing out well and then they adapt it back to they are going to give you feedback on where the whole organization might need to move and if you don't have that feedback from the boots on the ground as you share the whole organization suffers it's just knowing and then metrics you know having what are we measuring our progress against Mm. is critical you know just the say the fact just the act of measuring improves results the fact that you look at it uh, um those those old sage 
Boyle's Law or whatever the laws are, mm-hmm. they, they have a applicability because if you wake up every morning thinking about, I got to run a mile today, you know, and you do it every day, you know, that it, it keeps you focused on gotta hit, hitting that. the targets. It's so funny. I've been in, you know, coaching groups for so long and setting quarterly goals. And for whatever reason, I, I didn't get on board with reading the goals every day. I think I had the best mm-hmm. intentions of doing it, but didn't. And when I really started just looking at my goals every day, they're in my journal. The the difference is tremendous. Subconscious. I mean, I had a football coach in high school called affirmations, they're called, and mm. put them on the back of a card, put it in your wallet, pull it out. And those things got, got me this football scholarship and made a difference because you back to the atomic habits you're gonna what do you want to be when you grow up yep you're gonna always be looking at that city on the hill or goal on the hill what do you want to focus on yeah and this is so powerful folks because you might be focusing on the things you don't want and uh don't don't do that uh focus on what you want and in every regard focusing on the place you want to go you you can't get there without it I, i think about if you say hey uh, you know, if you're making your New Year's resolution in a couple of weeks and you say, I want to spend less money, that is not going to happen. Right. You have to say, I want to save up $100,000 to do this. Bingo. That You have to because. have what you're going to. Why? And why? Yeah. Uh, why? What's the why of what you're doing? Back to that book. I thought he did, the author did a great job of, you won't do it unless you have a why. So on, on Tony's book recommendations, From Strength to Strength, Atomic Habits, also you mentioned... One bullet away. Yeah, it's by a, a Rhodes Scholar uh, Marine Corps lieutenant from uh, the Vietnam era. But uh, the book Context is a leadership book, actually. But the the Marine Corps and their command structure, you know, you know, the commander's intent, the U.S. military, you know, permeates what's the intent of this mission all the way down to every person in the unit because you're one bullet away from being in charge of whatever squad, mm. platoon, company, uh, and that's ingrained in the U.S. military. And, and that can happen, you know, in, in, in the corporate world as well. Uh, someone wants to say, I've got a promotion, I'm gone. I always remember one boss when he actually decided to leave and I was now going to assume more responsibilities. I remember coming into him with a problem. And he looked at me and said, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I love that. <laughs> you know, and from that point, I can remember that 30 plus years ago, you never walk into a room without options uh, to whatever you run into. Well, when you were talking about um, accepting criticism and ignoring cynics, that's one thing I jotted down. I said, don't complain, but recommend. Right. Um, if, I, if somebody is just voicing a problem, they need to, it's complaining if you're just saying, well, this stinks. But it's your problem solving. You say, hey, this seems to be an issue. Maybe we could try this. Hey, man, uh, yeah, don't bring to your, you got to, you know, the uh, reason you're in any organization, if you're going to break it down is you're solving a problem. You know, we either need to put more units out the door, more patients to be seen, more OR time, et cetera. And the person above you has a lot more responsibility in terms of scale, scope, et cetera. So, so their time's limited already. Your job is to maximize that time by having, and and it sets up that whole context of wisdom, connect, you know, crystallized knowledge versus fluid knowledge. If I come in with maybe some harebrained ideas or ideas that are kind of off that base, if you read this book, that's what your brain does when you're younger. Is you come up with all these great ideas, these entrepreneurs, this wise person that's had 
their shins kicked a few times because they made mistakes and they learned from those mistakes. We're able to mesh those two together to say, that's a great idea, but you didn't consider this and that'll kill it. Mm-hmm. Or let's work on that side because that has some merit. If you don't bring that to the table, the wise guy or gal doesn't have the time to, to reflect and filter the errands, you know, decades of experience through right. all the nuances you haven't had the time on earth to experience. Well, Tony, I, I hope for our instance is a most listened to. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom. I don't know about that. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, my friend. It's been my pleasure. It's again a blessing to be in Northeast Georgia. And thank you, Phil, for all you do for the community. You are everywhere. Everywhere I turn around, you're, you show up. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Vanelli. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at Business BusinessRadioX.com. See you next time and remember to support our local businesses.